Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Tonight, if you'll join me in Isaiah chapter 53, hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 53 is a verse that contains two questions. Two questions. And they're connected. The the answer to the first question is, is found in the second question. The first question is, who has believed our report? And the second question is, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The one who believes the report of the Lord, to that person the arm of the Lord will be revealed. The believing is the activation of the, or the authorization for the power of God, the arm of the Lord, to work in that person's life. He says, who has believed our report? The Amplified says, who has believed, trusted in, relied upon, and clung to our message? I want you to think about that for a minute minute when we're thinking about believing because often in this faith church, we we deal with principles. We deal with uh, the, the speaking aspect or we deal with certain aspects of the believing. But I also want you to see this identifying the believing as trusting in, relying on, and depending on. Who has depended upon the Word of God? Who has trusted in, clung to the promise of God? Hallelujah. Why is that important? Well, for the same reason that the Word of God says, hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Why would the the writer of Hebrews tell us that we need to hold fast the profession of our faith, the declaration of our faith. Why do we need to hold it fast without wavering? Because situations and circumstances and the plot of the enemy and the carnal mind are all working together to get us to change our belief system. They're all working together to get us to say something different. And when we are taking a position of faith, we have to know that when the opportunity comes to waver, I can opt out of it. When the opportunity comes for me to change what I'm believing and agree with what I'm seeing, I don't have to take that opportunity. I can maintain my declaration of faith even when it looks like it's not working, even when all of the symptoms are saying it's not working, even when the adversity is taunting me like Goliath standing on the other side of the battlefield telling me that today's going to be the worst day of my life. I can maintain my my position of faith and I can say no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper every every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment I will prove it to be wrong greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. Thanks be unto God who gives me the victory in this situation. I don't have to succumb to the symptom or to the situation or to whatever evidences are telling me that the word's not working. It's working. And I will hold fast. Why? Because to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? To the person who believes the report of the Lord. To the person who believes the report of the Lord, there shall be a performance of those things which God has promised. To the person who believes the report of the Lord, the word of God will continue to work until it brings the promise into manifestation in that person's life. But if the enemy can get us to back off, 
If the enemy can get us to change our way of thinking, if he can get us to agree with what we see, then the word will be limited in its fullness in our lives because we have stopped the growth of it. That's what the parable of the sower is talking about when it talks about the stony ground and it talks about the thorns that come up to choke out the word that's growing. All of those things are designed to stop the word from coming into a fruition, a fullness, a harvest in your life. But if you will be the good ground that you are designed to be, that you are built to be. You are built to be a 30, 60, 100 fold return of the word in your life. You are built to have a reward, a return of the word and a recompense of the word. You are built to see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. You are built for it. You are prepared for it because you are a believer. You are born again by the incorruptible word of the living God. Greater is he who is in you. You're not just, you're not just, just set free from sin, you're born again. Amen. You're not just somebody who, who got your name written in the Lamb's book of life. You're alive with the life of God. The life of God is in your heart. You are a child of the Most High God, the Creator of the universe. He is your Heavenly Father. Amen. You're built to produce a harvest of the Word. You are designed why you're a believer. You're a believer. Amen. Hallelujah. When we see our when we see ourselves in the word and we recognize the ability of the word if, if we will maintain that position, knowing that the enemy will attempt to move us off, and the carnal mind, if I yielded to the carnal mind, if I allowed my mind to think with reasoning, sometimes it doesn't even have to be the devil. It can just be the carnal mind. If I will walk in the light, he'll help me stay in faith. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Psalm 27. Psalm 27, 13. Said, I would have fainted. And that word fainting is talking about pulling back, drawing back, laying down the, the stand of faith that I was, I was once in. I would have fainted. I would have turned back. I would have given up. Hallelujah. It would help if I got Psalms and not Proverbs. I know I got that scripture right. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have fainted but I've already believed. I would have given up, but I've already connected with my faith. No need to give up now. I've already made the faith connection. I've already, I've already hooked into and, and anchored myself with my believing. I've already made that stand, and I am connected to the answer. I would have fainted, except I've already believed. Amen. There's another translation. The New King James said, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. The New Life Version said, I would have been without hope if I had not believed. I would have been without hope. I would have lost heart. The Amplified says, what would have become of me? <laughs> I wonder if that's your testimony today. What would have become of me had I not believed? Hallelujah. What would have become of me? had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Hallelujah. But because I've believed, I'm seeing it. 
Because I've believed and I didn't give up my believing. I didn't lay down my believing. I didn't unhook my believing. I just maintained that believing. I'm still expecting. I'm still looking for it. It's mine now. I have it now. I'm not changing my testimony. I'm not changing my witness. I'm not changing my mind about it. I am victorious over all the attack that the enemy would try to bring. No weapon. Formed against me shall be able to prosper. Because I have believed, I see what who who to who who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? They're connected. The one who believes the report, to him the arm of the Lord is revealed. Faith unites us to the promise or the provision of God. Now I know we know this, but but I mean, think about Eve, y'all. Think about Eve. Think about Eve. Who was in the garden of God. Walked with God in the cool of the evening. Had the life of God in her. Was able to understand any conversation. No matter how deep. If, if she had said, God, can you explain to me how the universe stays in orbit? He could have explained it and she could have understood all of the scientific deep revelations of it. He could have explained he could have explained algebra. And she could have understood it. Cuz she had access to the revelation knowledge of God. Right? But the enemy came to her and changed her mind. As long as she believed the word of the Lord, not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of... As long as she believed that instruction, her behavior... See, this is why this is important for us. How I believe affects how I behave. How I believe... Affects how I behave. We all showed up here at 6 o'clock tonight because we believed church started at 6. Amen. It affected all of us. We got up. Some of us came earlier because we wanted to come to practice or wanted to come to prayer meeting. But we knew that we believed that the service was set for 6. And so we made provision to get up, get ourselves dressed, get ourselves in the car, drive from wherever we had to come from. Why? Because we were behaving in line with what we believed. We believed that certain thing, and our actions began to to be motivated by the information we believed. Hallelujah. How you believe affects how you behave. It affects your actions. And so as long as she believed that I am not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if I eat it, I will die. And God told me not to eat it. As long as she believed that, she behaved in line with that. We don't know how long that was, that she was behaving in line with what God had told her, believing what God had told her. But when the enemy came to her and said to her, You shall not surely die. God just doesn't want you to have what's attached to that tree, which was true. He did not want her to have the evil connected with that tree. He was protecting her from the evil, but the enemy made her believe contrary to truth. And we're walking in a world that many people believe a lie. Many people believe contrary to truth. And they're behaving in line with what they believe. So this is important. This isn't just I'm believing to receive this, which yes, it affects that as well. But this is talking about 
our entire life. Do you remember me telling you part of my testimony when we were going through a difficult time here at the church and we had had some people who had made decisions to, to uh, live after the flesh and, and in doing so it, it caused some, some, some difficulties, a change in the budget of the church and, and there was a lot going on in, this, in the world at that time and, and difficulties that we were experiencing personally and so I went to work at a, uh, a, a job in the evenings, and I, I, felt, I, I felt like I was losing all of the things that were destined for me. I just felt like they were slipping away, and so I was on my way to this night job. I had been singing here on a Sunday night at church. I led the worship. I handed the microphone over, and then I had to go put on my uniform to go work in Topeka. And so I'm on my way driving to Topeka to this job that I had, and on the way I've got worship music on, and I'm singing, but I'm not worshiping God. I'm crying about my problem. I'm saying, oh, Lord. And, and it's, so, it's so interesting because the song, the words of the song, it was a Spanish, a Hispanic song. It was, it was Poderoso Dios, which means all-powerful God. I'm singing, all-powerful God. I'm singing this song about all-powerful God, but I'm crying. I'm crying because I'm so sad. I'm crying because of all that we're going through. I'm crying because of how, how, how this is playing out. And I feel like, Lord, I'm about to lose everything that you had, had positioned for me. And so I'm, I'm driving down the road. And in a moment, God shows me this vision. He shows me this, this flash, this image. And I see all these dominoes. And they're all stacked up like you would see someone who has put those dominoes in a row all around the room. And I see one domino fall. And with that one domino, it begins to hit all the dominoes until this whole thing is going. And as that first domino fell, the Lord said to me, if you don't get a hold of yourself and start acting on the faith that you know, this is going to go all the way back until you're wonder, you will wonder if you ever really got saved. It was like a splash of cold water. Why? Because the, your belief system isn't car, com, compartmentalized. Amen. Well, I believe this here, but, but I don't believe that there. Well, I believe the word about my finances, but I don't believe the word about my healing. I believe the word about my healing, but I don't believe the word about, about this area. You, you can't compartmentalize faith and, and say, well, you know, I believe God can do that, but he, he's not able to do that anymore. Right. He said, if you don't get a hold of yourself... And start working the word the way you know to work it. And start using the faith that you know to work. It's going to have a domino effect all the way back. It's going to affect what you believe all the way back. Because if you don't believe God can take care of you here, it's going to backfire all the way back until it, it unravels your faith about everything. It was a wake-up call for me. I quit crying. I didn't cry anymore. I wiped my face and I said, well, I, what am I crying about then? If I believe God and I, I had to get the word back out. I had, I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I had to get the word back out. I'd been crying about it. I'd been praying about it, but not on a basis of the word. Who has believed our report? See, it's the word that we're believing. It's the word. We have, there is no Bible faith without the word. Right. To have faith you have to have the word first. You have to have the word established in your heart. You have to let the word release the faith that it contains because you can't have faith without the word. You can't say, well, I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to believe God for that. Then you need a scripture. You can't just choose to believe God for something and, and do it without scripture well, I know the promise of God. Well, get it out and put it in your heart and in your mouth. Amen. Just because you know it doesn't mean there's faith in your heart for it. That's mental assent to say, I know it. I know it's in the Bible. I know that scripture by memory. 
knowing it by memory and having the substance of faith that that scripture contains actually deposited in your heart. Two different things. I had to learn that. I'm helping you. You don't have to get to a difficult situation and find out, wait a minute, what I know in my head isn't, isn't necessarily placing faith in my heart. I've got to go, get it out, put it in. Get it out, put it in. Get it out, put it in. And when it's in my heart in abundance, then it will fill my words. Faith-filled words come out of a faith-filled heart. You can speak words that, that aren't filled with faith. You can speak the right words, but they're not necessarily filled with faith if your heart isn't filled with it. Because to get the faith in the words coming out of your mouth, it has to come out of your heart. You can read it off the page, and the first thing that it does is put faith in your heart. Reading it off the page isn't pulling your sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, reading it off the page isn't pulling your sword. When you read it off the page, you're putting it in your heart. Once it gets in your heart in abundance, your spirit can pull your sword then there's faith in your heart that you can put in your words. Hallelujah. I know it sounds elementary. I know it sounds basic, but I had been in the word of faith for a while, and I let that slip. That was an area that I had moved over into a place of head knowledge, mental ascent, and, and came to the point to have to admit there's not enough faith in my heart to deal with that. I had to go get it and put it in and get it and put it in and get it and put it in. Hallelujah. Brother Dave made the statement that that first level they had believed for, then when they saw that year they were able to give that amount, it built their faith, and they knew if we can give that amount, let's, let's spend this next year and prepare for the next amount. And then they were able to believe for that next amount. Do you see how God used a night of giving to strengthen their faith in a way? They thought they were just doing that to be able to give, but now they have faith in a financial area that they didn't have before. They know they can believe for that amount of money. Amen. I remember when we came out of debt, the, the part that when, when God brought us to that end of that, and we were believing for it, and that $23,000 came in. I know what it feels like now to believe for $23,000 and see God answer my faith for $23,000. Hallelujah. I don't want to stop there. I don't, I don't want to say, okay, well, I can believe for that. And one day, I, you know, y'all, I used to work out. And I used to be able to, to bench press a certain amount. I used to be able to curl. I think I got up to almost 20 pounds. I could, I could curl a 20. Amen. It was tough, but I could curl a 20. I'd be good to get an 8 right now, I think, it's been a while. I don't want that to happen to my faith. Amen. I don't want to be able to say, well, I used to be able to believe for this. It, just because you did it once doesn't mean you've been maintaining your strength in your spirit where that's concerned and moving into more. We look at someone like Brother Kenneth Copeland who started believing for fuel in his station wagon to get to his next preaching engagement. And today, he's believing for nationwide networks on satellite TV. Hallelujah. Not just for his program. He started, think about this, he started believing for the fuel in his car, believing for an airplane, believing for... For weekly television, he said when he went to daily television, he thought, Lord, how am I going to believe for daily television? And you know, the the bill 
it like multiplied from weekly television to daily television. It didn't take him long. He, he encountered a difficult time where he got behind and all of a sudden he's got a $6 million bill. Why? Because that daily television was coming in a lot faster than that weekly television bill had come in. And he started carrying the care of it. And he went into a board meeting and they're talking about all these other areas of the ministry. And God said, did you notice every area of the ministry was doing fine except the one you were trying to carry on your, on your own? The one that you were carrying the care of it. So he had to learn how to cast the care of it and believe God. And when he made that adjustment and began believing instead of worrying about it, it within a matter of months, that $6 million was paid and they were ahead again. Well, if he had not overcome that, do you think he'd be able to believe not only for his television broadcast, he does not charge anybody on his channel for airtime. So he's believing for their television broadcast. He's believing for his and theirs and, and, and covering and carrying it. Why? Because his faith has been continually increased and operating, never put it on hold, never put it away and, and, and let it, it go to rest. He has been maintaining and increasing his faith. Amen. That's the plan of God for our lives. That's the plan of God for our lives. Hallelujah. So faith unites us to the provision of God, the promise of God. Let's look at Romans 11. Because we want to see that connection and we want to maintain that connection in our lives. Romans eleven twenty. It says, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Of course, he's talking about the the people of Israel, because of their unbelief. But we stand by faith. The only reason that we have our position is our faith in Christ. Amen? But I want us from the viewpoint of the operation of faith and the operation of unbelief. Unbelief breaks us off of the supply of God. It breaks off the supply. It, it cuts the supply chain of God from being able to flow into our life. Unbelief breaks it off. It, it cuts it short. But faith is the position where we stand in that flow. Another example is Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. Hallelujah. For unto us was the gospel preached... Who will believe our report? Unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So who shall believe our report? The unbelief will break a person off. If they don't believe, the supply is there. The ability of God is there. The help of God is there. The manifestation of his redemptive uh, supply is, is available. But if, if it's not believed, you know, people who say, well, I don't believe God heals today. They will not have to worry about God embarrassing them with a healing. Because if they don't believe, he can't do it. He's not authorized. They won't get it. Amen. Hallelujah. So do we see the importance of of guarding that belief system. That belief is what connects me. It says they had the word preached, but that it did not profit them. And it's not the lack of the word. It's not the fault of the preacher. The word was capable. The report of the Lord was available, but they did not mix faith with it. They did not connect to that Word, that promise, that provision with their faith. Hallelujah. We are those who connect. Amen. 
We can learn from their mistake and we can say if the word's preached, I'm going to connect to it. When the word is proclaimed, I'm going to connect to it. There are some, some sermons that, that, that are preached that bring us exhortation. They bring us light. They bring us instruction. But there are some times, especially our pastor, he, he will step over into a declaration and we've got to learn the difference. That Wait a minute, this is an instruction. He's saying something that I need to connect to. He's declaring something. He's uttering something with a, a boldness and utterance from heaven. He's saying something that if I will, if I will accept it, if I will, if I will, I don't even have to understand it. Because there are some utterances that come forth, and, and when they come forth, you just got to recognize that's an utterance from God. I accept that. Be it unto me according to that word. That happens to me all the time. We got those kind of moments. When we hear those, we've got to recognize that is trying to, to speak something that moves me forward. That's an utterance that brings acceleration and, and movement into my life. Hallelujah. And, and we've got to know that when the word is preached, how to mix faith with it. We can hear it, and, and we know that the parable of the sower, Jesus said, all of them heard the word. But that first soil, the soil by the wayside, heard the word and immediately the enemy came and stole the word. And Matthew says it's because it was not understood. They didn't grasp it and say, that belongs to me. That's mine. I believe it. Amen? Amen. So we've got to learn how to take the word preached and mix our faith with it. And how do we mix our faith with it? Open up our heart and say, I believe and I receive that. Just like Mary said, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. So the word works in us. The word works in us as we believe. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. The word works. Say that with me. The word works. The word works in me. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which effectually works also in you that believe. Who does it work in? The works in the one who believes it. The word effectually works in you that believe. Because I believe it, it's working for me. As long as I believe it, it's working. It's working for me. And they say, well, I can't see it working. It's not working because you see it. It's working because I believe it. It's not working because there's natural evidence telling me that it's working. It's working because I believe. I believe it will be unto me as the Lord has spoken it. Is that what Paul said? When the angel of the Lord stood by him and told him that the ship would fall apart, but none of the lives would be saved, he said, I believe God whose I am and who I serve it will be unto me exactly what the Lord has spoken to me. Do you know he had to hold on to that as the ship started falling apart and all of the people that he had been on that voyage with started going out into the ocean? That he held on to that word, it shall be unto me as it has been spoken unto me. And there may be times in your life that things look like it's not working and that it's falling apart. And you can take that example of a man of God who held on to a piece of a broken ship and in the night and a day in the deep knew that when he came to shore, every person who had been alive on that voyage would be alive on that beach with him too. It shall be unto me exactly what God said to me. Exactly what God promised. That's what's going to be. And they're going to say, well, it's not going to. It's going to be exactly what God said was going to be for me. Exactly what God said. There shall be a performance. 
The Bible says, blessed is she who believes. He's talking about Mary who said, believe, be it unto me. It said, blessed is she who believes for there shall be a performance of that which God has spoken to her. Hallelujah. Has he not said it? Has he not said it? Has he not said it? And shall he not do it? That's the attitude we have. If God said it, just pack your bags. If God said it, just make, just set your table. If God said it, just get ready. It has he not said it? And shall he not do it? He's not a man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he should change his mind or make it easy on himself. He said it, he'll do it. Hallelujah. F.F. Bosworth, who wrote the book Christ the Healer, made a statement that the Lord has always brought back to me since I've read it. I keep it in my, and I've got it in both journals. He said, it's never proper or reasonable to cast away your confidence as long as you have the word of God as its basis. Amen. It is never proper or reasonable. It's neither, it's never profit, profitable, proper. It is never proper or reasonable to cast away your confidence as long as you have the word of God as its basis. One more time. It is never proper or reasonable to cast away your confidence as long as you have the word of God as its basis. If I have the word of God, I maintain confidence in what the word has promised me Regardless of how it feels, how it appears, what the report is, who will believe the report of the Lord? That's the report that I'm going to believe. That person will see the arm of the Lord revealed to them. That's talking about God's power. God working for you. God working for you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 4. We have an example in Abraham. And in Romans chapter 4, verse 18, it tells us some of what he had to set in place to see the victory in his faith. It says... Who against hope believed in hope. In the original language, in the Greek, the word hope, it is the same word in both places. It's the same word in the, in the Strong's Concordance, but it has in the Strong's Concordance a definition that could mean natural hope, or you could say negative hope or positive hope. And so we recognize that he had, uh, he had what his body was offering him to hope in or to expect. What his body said you can expect at Sarah's age and, and at Sarah's condition all of her life. What did he have to expect from, from Sarah who had always been barren? Even when she was in her younger childbearing years, she had been barren and incapable. That was the hope her body offered to the situation. And now here is Abraham's body, which is past the age of, of bringing forth children, of, 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 of producing a child. He is beyond the age and so what does, it says his body now dead. So what did his body, what hope was offered to him? It was all negative hope, wasn't it? It was an expectation of this isn't going to work. We don't have, it's, we, we, we are not able. 
So he had to go against that hope. And how did he go against the hope that was offered by her barren body and his body now dead? What hope, what was he able to use against that? He had to go somewhere else. He, he couldn't go to Sarah's body and get hope. He couldn't go to the condition of his body and get hope. He had to go to what God had said, according as it was spoken, so shall your seed be. That's where he had to find hope because there wasn't any offered, any positive hope offered by Sarah's body or his body to that situation. So against the hope that was offered by the situation... He had to believe in hope that was offered by the promise of God. So God's word gave him an expectation that, that Sarah's body did not agree with. God's word gave him an expectation. That's what hope is, right? Expectation. God's word gave him an expectation that even in his own body at this point, his own body did not agree with it. So he had to go against what his body was offering and what Sarah's body was offering, and he had to zone in and give just total attention to what God's promise offered him, the expectation that God's promise. Now, without expectation, what is faith going to build? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have hope, please get your hopes up. Don't think you're doing a self-preservation technique by saying, well, I'm just not going to get my hopes up about that. Dream about it. See it. See it. See all their little heads under their, uh, on the pillows in the beds in your house. You hear me? See it. See it. Whatever it is, get your hopes up. Dream about it. Think about it. What's it going to be like when that happens? Hallelujah. Expect it. Get excited about it. You know what? You're, it's the flesh. It's, the, it's a technique the enemy likes to use against, don't get your hopes up. Like it's going to protect you. No, it's a, it's a, it, it'll dull down the faith. Faith can only build what I'm hoping for. If I'm not hoping for it, faith doesn't know what to do. Amen. If I walk back there to that thermostat and I say, you know what? I need some air in here. We're going to have to cook, put this down to 68. We're going to have to put it down to... to <laughs> I'm calling for something that's not here. I'm expecting it to change. I'm expecting the, the temperature of the room to change because I have changed my expectation. Now, the heart of the air conditioner knows what to do. If I don't go back there and put my expectation on the thermostat, what I expect this situation to change to, if I don't put the expectation, there will never be a signal sent to the air conditioner to begin to do something different. Hope is an important part of our faith. Get your hopes up. Expect it. See yourself with it. See yourself with it. Too many people see themselves immobile as they age and they don't even realize that they're expecting it. They're expecting to grow weaker in their body as they grow older in their body. Who said that has to happen to you? Who said that has to happen to us? Moses. Moses, his eyesight didn't even grow dim. He climbed a mountain. 120 years old. And I've got a... Hey, there you go. Mix your faith with that, brother. We've got a better covenant. We've got a covenant built on better promises. But what are we expecting? What are we expecting? Do we expect to be fit? Do we expect to be mobile? Do we expect to be energetic? Do we expect, or do we expect the, the rocking chair and the getting up and doing this? 
Get up and stretch that up there. Say, no, 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 I am young, I'm fit, I'm favored, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm anointed, I'm organized. All that. I'm fit, I'm favored, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm anointed, I'm organized. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Against hope. He believed in hope. When your situation doesn't offer you any hope, you are not at a loss. Here's your hope. Amen. Go get your hope out of a, a steadfast hope well. This isn't false hope. This is hope that comes from the, the promise of God. This is hope that is steadfast hope from the God of hope. We can go and we can get an expectation of good no matter what our situation offers us. Who against natural hope, against hope, he believed in hope that he might become something he wasn't. That he might come into being something he wasn't a moment before. Something he wasn't the week before. Something he wasn't the month before. We're all in the position of coming into being something more than we are right now. For us to come into being more than we are right now, we're going to have to set our expectation, the thermostat of our life. Set that thermostat and let your faith go to work. Bringing to pass, faith gives substance to that which is hoped for, the Knox translation says. Amen. Against hope, Abraham believed in hope and he became the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. So we know that one of the things he had to do was he had to expect what God had said even though there was not any hope offered to him from his body or Sarah's body. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith. Is it possible, is it possible to be strong in faith or weak in faith? We see that he was not weak in faith. And one of the ways that that was evidenced was he did not consider his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. It was, he wasn't denying it. He just did not consider it as being capable of stopping the promise of God to coming to pass. And you could say, but this is how much debt I owe. Well, don't consider that to be a detriment to God. Don't consider that dollar amount to be a detriment to the power of God to bring you out of debt in a year. Amen. Or I'm not saying you have to put a time limit on it, but, but whatever the case may be, whatever the report may be, whatever the doctor's report may say, whatever, whatever they recommend that you can or cannot do, if you go to the Word and the Word of God says that it's available to you. Don't consider the evil report and, and disqualify yourself from the, from the ability of God. Abraham, being not weak in faith, considered not the situation. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Do you remember what Romans 11.20 said about unbelief, they were broken off. They were cut off. They were unable to receive of that supply through unbelief. They were broken off through unbelief. He said that Abraham did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Instead, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was strong in faith. He maintained that declaration. He maintained his position of faith, giving glory to God. Amen. And being fully persuaded. That's our goal. That's our objective. Yes. If you're not there, do not get under condemnation. Don't get under condemnation if you're not fully persuaded. Just keep putting the word in front of your eyes. 
If you're not fully persuaded, just keep the word in front of your eyes. It'll change your persuasion. If you'll just keep feeding on the word, if you'll just keep meditating on the word, if you, the, Brother Hagin said, if you don't see yourself with the thing that God promised you, you've let the word depart from in front of your eyes. So what's the answer? Put the word back in front of your eyes. You don't have to make yourself believe. You just have to put the word in. The word will cause faith to come. The word will, the word will just produce faith in you. You don't, have to, you don't have to struggle to believe. You don't have to, to, to make it a, 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 a difficulty. I've got to believe this. I've got to believe God. How do I believe this? Just put the word in. And you're like, oh, yep, the word. The word, will, it, the word contains faith. The only reason faith can come by hearing the word is because there's faith in the word. You can't... You can't get water out of this bottle if there's no water in the bottle. But because there's water in here, you can get it out. Because it's in here. There's faith in the Word. And that's why if you'll hear it, that faith will be deposited in your heart. And then when there's a fullness of it, it'll fill your words. And those faith-filled words will move your mountain. Words that have no faith in them aren't affecting the mountain. But if I will will build the faith in my heart, that faith in my heart will go into my words and my faith-filled words will take the will of God and bring it into manifestation in that situation. Hallelujah. Fully persuaded is our objective. So just... Give your attention to the word. That's what God said in Proverbs 4, verse 20. He said, attend to my word. Incline your ear to hear it. Keep it in front of your eyes. What's going to happen? It's going to get in the midst of your heart. And then guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart will flow the forces, the power, the issues of life. Amen. That's Mark 11, 22, 23, right there. Yeah. Believing. With the heart, not doubting, speaking to the mountain. Hallelujah. Why? Because I got the word in my heart. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, thank you for how you help us. Lord, we're so thankful that you teach us how to operate your faith. You gave us your faith, and then you come and teach us how to work it. Lord, let our Our working of your word bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name. Stand with me to your feet. Did you receive tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's working. It's working. Healing power is working. It's working. It's working. Healing power is working. It's working. It's working. It's working working night and day. It's working in my body to dry sickness away. It's working, it's working. Healing power is working. It's working, it's working. Healing power is working. It's working, it's working. It's working night and day. It's working in my body to dry sickness I got one for you. It's working, it's working. The blessing power is working. It's working, it's working. The blessing power is working. It's working, it's working. It's working night and day. It's working in my finances to drive the lack away. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we celebrate you. Hallelujah. It's working for me. Say it out loud. It's working. It's working. The Word is working for me. The Word is working. Hallelujah.